Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. It is a sunny, what is today? Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Lost track of the days. It's a sunny day regardless, which means it's a good day uh, here in Seattle. And today's a good day also because we got Angelo Romero with us on the podcast from Ohio Cashflow, uh, presumably from Ohio, which is good. Uh, we like to have these, these Ohio guys on here. Um, Angelo has a lot of experience spanning uh across the united states and internationally so i'm sure this is going to be a good podcast angelo thank you very much for hopping on the show gabe thanks for having me and just for all the listeners i'm by far the best guest you've ever had so i hope <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna tune in and um listen up but i'm not actually from ohio mate um right, right. bred in australia and um, i moved to toledo ohio and you know, funny thing is, people always ask me, what what the hell is an Australian doing from Sydney, Australia, in, in Toledo, Ohio, out of all of the places? And I always tell them, well, you know what? It's because of all of the beautiful beaches and the weather. I love it here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but still. <laughs> I was going to say, there's got to be a good story there. Um, which, speaking of, uh, I told you before we got on here, we like starting with stories. That's how we start every episode. Um, I mean, I know you got a good one because you're from Australia and you're living in Toledo. So take us yeah. back to the beginning. How'd you get here? And then how'd you get started in yeah. real estate? Yeah, mate. So look, all the way back, and I'm going to try and keep it short because, it, you know, it could take hours to explain it all. But um, look, uh, I was always a very big soccer fanatic ever since I was the age of five years old. Um, I even quit school at the age of 14 to, to chase my dream of becoming a professional soccer player. I achieved that dream. Still to this right day, on. I would say one of my biggest achievements ever. Cool. Um, so I had a gig in Hong Kong. I was there for six months. Uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Moved back to Australia. Um, decided to hang up the boots because I didn't feel that I could achieve the financial success that I was hoping playing the game and mm -hmm. secure the financial future of my loved ones, including myself. So hung up the boots and what do you do then? No formal education. Can't really type, can't really read. You know, when I when I type on my laptop, my laugh my, my staff always laughs at me because it looks like you're at a sushi restaurant with a teppanyaki <laughs> chef, you know, doing all of the all of the magic stuff with the egg and whatnot. Um, so you know, I put my hard hat on, work boots, and hard yakka, as we say in Australia, mate. I started laboring, working on construction sites. I was doing that for four years, saved a lot of cash because what I did, mate, is I replaced my passion for soccer and football with um business entrepreneurship, real estate, finance. I just kind of completely immersed myself in that. Um, so I was, I was, you know, uh, self-educating myself per se throughout that four years of hard yakka. Um, saved a bit of cash, bought my first property because what else is a construction dude going to do, right? I know I've kind of had a pretty good insight into plumbing, electrical, roofing, siding, and all that fun stuff. Bought my first property. Um, quickly scaled my portfolio in Australia, but I was I was making a lot of mistakes because I was using a ton of debt. Mm. So I was way, way, way over leveraged. I mean, I, I had a $60,000 income then and I had over a million dollars in debt. So mm. I was very fortunate enough, mate, to, to wake up and smell the roses and realize, hey, investing in real estate or in business should get to a point where the money's working for you, not you working for it, right? 
Um, And I was bleeding more on my monthly mortgage repayments than I was actually making. So I quickly woke up and smelt the roses, mate. And um, this was around 2012, 2013. Um, And then the US real estate market came across my horizon. I was like, wow, you know, this truly is a once in a lifetime opportunity, as corny as it sounds, um, to go over there and buy these rock bottom properties, flip them and um, live happily ever after, mate. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I decided to take the plunge, literally packed my bags, moved here. Um, within the first, the first deal that I did here was in Kansas City. I think I like paid twenty seven grand for it, something like that. Uh, put around ten grand into it, sold it for forty five or fifty, whatever it was. Made like ten fifteen thousand dollars on it, and I was like, "Wow, this is better than five grand, man!" I got addicted. You know what I mean? I couldn't believe it. And yeah, mate. Look, fast forward to today, twelve years later. Um, I stopped counting at a thousand flips. I don't even know how many wow. we've done thus far. I own a um, turnkey real estate investment company in Toledo, Ohio. I own a Oz uh, a property management company, Oz Realty, uh, real estate brokerage. I've invested in tech, lost my ass on crypto. I'm heavily invested in, in stocks, um, bought real estate all over the world. Uh, you name it, mate. Uh, I've done it all, made money, lost money. And here I am now with you sharing experience. Here we are. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a a awesome story. It sounds like you've um, you've really gone through the ringer. And uh, and don't worry, we all lost money in crypto. I uh, I was also in that boat, so it's all good. As long as we're making money in real estate, that's all that matters. Look, I always say, as long as you make more than you lose, you're always going to be ahead, right? There you go. There you go. Um, So you got experience both investing in Australia and the US. I don't want to spend too much time on this topic because uh, most of our listeners are from the US, but I'm curious, yeah. what is the difference between investing in the in Australian markets versus the US? Like yeah. um, in terms well, of transaction, in terms of, I don't know, you tell me, what is the difference? Yeah. Well, Gabe, first of all, God bless America. It's the best country in the world. I love it here. Australia's home, but uh, you know, I've been here for 12 years and um, I just love it. I love the people. I love the efficiency. And without getting too political, you know, I just I just absolutely love it here. What you can do here, you cannot do in any other country, period. And whoever thinks the grass is greener on the other side, I know, you know, a lot of American folks can be a little bit spoiled and think that. That's not the case. I encourage you, go try and live in Europe, go and try and live in, live anywhere else. You'll be coming back rolling, kissing the floor when you when you when you come back, you know? <laughs> but look, mate, the differences. Average median house price in Sydney, for example, is one point one million dollars. Wow. You have to get into a ton of debt. The rent doesn't cover the expenses. So it's just a, it's a cash flow losing equation. You, you can't make money. You're betting on capital appreciation, but what is capital appreciation? It's a prediction. No one has a crystal ball. We can't predict the future. You know, real estate should be evaluated and looked at as the numbers in the deal as they lie today, not what they might look like tomorrow. If the yeah. numbers make sense today, you're cash flowing, it's putting money in your pocket. Any capital appreciation is just a, cher- just a cherry on top. Yep. So that would be one of the big differences. Real estate is bloody very expensive over there. But I, uh, I would counter that with saying that doesn't sound too dissimilar from San Francisco, Seattle, correct. LA. Correct. East Coast, West Coast. Correct. Yeah. Exactly the same. Very similar. Mate, another big difference that I would say is, look, the Aussies, they pay their bloody rent. So, mm-hmm. you know, we manage 350 units in Toledo. We're, we're growing very well. Um, but every, every month we would have three or four evictions. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen in Australia. Because oh, okay. there's so much demand, not enough supply, everyone's employed, and it's just kind of common sense. You got to pay your bloody rent. While folks here, they live paycheck to paycheck. They'd rather have a new phone and a Netflix subscription than they would pay their rent, which is <laughs> uncomprehensible to me. Because once yeah. upon a time, mate, I was a broke ass honky. You know what I mean? I was eating peanut butter for breakfast and drinking one dollar gas station coffees. 
couldn't turn the heat on, but I always paid my rent. You know, so those are the two without going into too much. Yeah, detail, yeah. And I actually, I got a one of the first uh, rentals that I got. It was a duplex in Auburn. Um, and I remember the the tenant stopped paying rent and she was like two to three months behind. And, you know, this is the first time that I bought a rental. And so I was just new and I was like, oh, I can work it out with her. Um, and I remember going to her house and she had literally a brand new uh, Cadillac in her driveway. And I was just like, why can't I? I was just just dumbfounded. Like, why aren't you paying rent and you're just buying things? And, you know, yeah. uh, I would prefer the to be the in, in the Australian market for that reason. But um, yeah. you're right. There's a lot. There's a lot of other opportunities here in the U.S. Um, and a lot of cash flow. And Ohio is actually a great city to be in or a great state to be in for cash flow. You guys have a lot of really good markets out there. Um, sure. Is that why you chose to move to Ohio? Uh, I mean, the United States is a big place. Yeah. It's interesting that you chose Ohio. Yeah, well, mate, look, your network equals your net worth, right? Mm. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I'm a big networker. And, you know, at the time, I felt that I established just the right relationships in, in this market. And then when I came out to see it for myself, Gabe, I just couldn't believe what I saw with my eyes, you know. And and before that, I've already invested in Kansas City. I bought properties in Upper State, New York, lost my ass because I was trusting the wrong people. So I really, you know, learned from those mistakes, my Harvard degree of mistakes, as I refer to it as my education on my LinkedIn page. <laughs> but um, mate, when I came here, I just couldn't believe, you know, the bang for the buck that you were getting, you know, and, and we're talking about solid B-class areas in blue collar working class neighborhoods. Everyone's employed, well-kept yards, uh, a mix of investor-owned properties and home-owned properties. Now it's probably shifted in the other direction where there's more home-owned properties, sophisticated enough individuals where they can log online and submit a rental payment without property management having to bang on doors with a bulletproof vest and a shotgun, right? And these price points were sixty-five dollars to $90,000. I mean, that's not even half a car park on the East Coast and West Coast, and it doesn't even buy you the front door in Australia. You know what I mean? So to me, that was just absolutely mesmerizing. I couldn't believe it, and I just got sucked into it. Now, granted, it's a bloody boring market, mate. There's really not that much to do in Toledo. Everyone here in town is going to tell you, hey, it's never been better. we got the Renaissance <laughs> Hotel opening steakhouses, this and that. But look, mate, I've, I've traveled the country for conferences and speaking engagements and, and whatnot. Toledo, Ohio, the Midwest, you cannot compare it to a Texas. You cannot compare it to a Florida. You just can't. It's Fortune 500 companies, infrastructure, population growth, climate, state taxes. There's just so many so many good things going on in those other markets that I think there's always going to be more potential for appreciation. But, you know, I like my real estate being boring. I like getting a good return on investment. I don't like to drama. If you build a large portfolio of these cheap single family homes, it's not a bad monthly cash flow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same boat. I, I would prefer cash flow over appreciation any day just because cash flow is here. It's today. I can buy it. Same. Um, and then the next month, you're going to see money in your bank. And so uh, I'm yep. with you on that one. Um, so over a thousand flips. I mean, you stopped counting at a thousand. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> that means you've had some success. Um, it didn't start that way. You started small. Tell me just a little bit about your your growth once you got here, 2013, 2014. How did you scale your business once you you know put boots on the ground? Yeah, mate, that's a that's a great question. Well, when I initially came here, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to buy five to ten properties, hold them, and move back to Australia. And then what kind of happens, mate, you know, is you buy one, you fix it, you flip it, you buy another, you fix it, you flip it. All of a sudden, you start getting into the mindset of, okay, well, maybe I can scale it even further and start promoting these properties to out-of-state or out-of-country investors. So now you need to create a business. 
Now you've created a business and property management companies are notoriously known for nickeling and diming investors to death and the biggest scammers out there. So now in order to service the customer long-term or the investor, now you create a property management company. Well, now investors want an exit strategy, so now you need to affiliate a brokerage with your property management company. (laughs) Before you know it, you've got a monster with 17 heads and you've got 50 full-time employees along with virtual assistants. And now you're wearing 20 different hats as entrepreneurs do, legals, accounting, human resources, sales, marketing, acquisitions, dispositions, I mean, you name it. Um, And that's kind of that's how it kind of scaled, mate. Um, look, I, I've always considered myself not the smartest and most sophisticated individual out there, um, but I've always also believed that nothing beats hard work, and and that's what I've done from day one. That's what I do to this day. If I say I'm going to put my head through the wall, I will. It will break my neck. I'll put my head through the wall. A lot of other people are smarter. They just open the door and get get to the other side. I wish I was hey, as like As long as you get there, that's all that matters. I wish I was like that. I get there. I break myself, but I still get there, you know? Um, so I guess that would kind of answer your question in regards to how and, and why we, we decided to scale. Yeah. Um, and I see on your on your whiteboard behind you, it says uh, um, less is more minimal, minimalist. Um, so I'm curious. It, I mean, it sounds like you guys have scaled. You've had a lot of success. I love hearing that. Um, how do you kind of, you know, whenever people think about growing a real estate company, they, they never really think about the, the additional work that buildings, you know, spinning up these additional companies bring you. So how are you personally making sure that your time isn't completely consumed by the additional companies that you built? Yeah. Well, look, great question, mate. So look, initially, you know, you're kind of competing with the Joneses, right? You're looking at what other people are doing. And we've doubled revenue in the first five years, doubled profits, one, you know, got on the Inc. 5000 list, won entrepreneurial words and awards and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I just got caught up in the in the hype and, and, the, and the hustle of, of America, right? Everyone here works very hard. God bless them. I love them, but it's nonstop. You know, mm-hmm. again, God bless America. It's the best country in the world from a capitalistic standpoint, but it's nonstop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can have a toll on you, your personal lives, your, your health, like it did on me. And just your insanity, right? Um, then you kind of start digging back to why did you start all of this and what's the point of adding another zero to the bank account? Doesn't make you happier, doesn't make you healthier. No, it doesn't. And I always believed in in niche type boutique products, businesses, everything. And I've always considered myself to be uh, extroverted and different than everyone else with the tattoos, with my outfits and whatnot, right? So, you know, I just decided to scale back, mate. Um, less is more have more of a boutique, niche, exclusive type business. Um, I love the fisherman story. Whoever's listening, Google it, the fisherman story, one of my favorite little poems. Was that and, the, you can teach uh, a man to fish kind of thing? Uh, a little bit different. It's okay. like you come full cycle. Um, so yeah, just Google fisherman story and, and people will understand what I'm saying. But um, yeah, mate, just just decided to dial it back and 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 make enough money to keep the people in the office happy. Um, for for me and my loved ones to live the life that we need to live. You've always got to to be happy, the the life that we want to live. You always need to grow a little bit because you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting, right? So you can't stay stagnant with inflation and everything. There's always got to be a slight growth. But mate, not looking to break any records anymore. Just happy happy keeping it as is. And another very important thing, mate, I don't know about you, but I don't like working with assholes. And unfortunately, there's a lot of of assholes out there. So, you know, our kind of pre-qualification is very strict. I'm very extreme and I only want to work with who I want to work with. I'm privileged to be able to not sacrifice my beliefs to make a sale. I can really take my time and just pick the people that I really want to work with. 
Nice, man. Well, yeah, it sounds like uh, you got some good values. And when you can run your business in, in alignment with your values, that's where, um, in my opinion, that's the best way to do life. Uh, so it sounds like you, re- you really made it in terms of uh, re- reaching the goals that you were looking for. All right. Uh, it looks like we have run through the clock. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Born ready, Mike. Well, let's do it. It starts with books um, or any form of education. Could be a movie, could be a Netflix documentary, whatever. Just give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate. Um. Oh, my God. You put me on the spot here. A real estate. Well, my book. Bloody hell, I wrote a book. That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I might as go. well promote it, mate. The Raw Truth to Success in Real Estate by Angela Ramora. That's my book. The best real estate book out there. No, not really, mate. But um, you know what? I haven't read too many real estate books, mostly business and and um, personal personal related. Okay. Um, I what, guess two. What was the name book? of your book again? I just want to the pull it raw, up. The Raw Truth to Success in Real Estate. All right. And All righty. Um. But I'll give you two other books because I don't have a real estate one. So I'm I'm a big big into philosophy, big into religion, big into mindset. The Daily Stoic, oh great yeah, book, great book. Um, and uh, a Calling Jesus, another great book. And not 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 a, not an evangelist here, um, but you know, there's just a lot of good uh, 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 reading or quotes within it that you can implement in today to, in the day to day life to keep you calm and keep you in check without. Going, going crazy. So that helped. That helped me a lot. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I really like the Daily Stoic. It's um one of my go to uh, bathroom books. You know, you just put it by yep. the toilet. It's got those little little excerpts that you can read. Um, yeah. It's a really good one. All right. Next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Angelo who is just coming over to the U.S. Just uh, getting on that flight over to Toledo. Go to him. Look him in the eye. Give him one piece of advice moving forward. Take your time. Don't go too quick because you're going to burn out. Yeah, that is grow uh, at 10% per annum instead of 100% per annum. And you'll do it forever. Otherwise, you just won't want to do it anymore. And that happened to me. Yeah, that's good advice. It's also really difficult to follow um, in certain times of your life, I feel like. Uh, But yeah, that's that is really good advice, especially for your younger self. Um, All right. Next question is about your business Uh, at all. The people we work with form the foundation of our of our business and what we're doing in life. Um, and so for the first three positions we hire, those really do form the foundation of the business going forward. Um, when you landed in Toledo in the US, what were the first three positions you hired for your company? And would you do it in a different order if you did it again today? Oh, my God, my great question. So and it's probably one that I can't really give the best answer on because I never was really good at the whole hiring and firing aspect. And and I've had a lot of um, I've had a lot of um company turnover unfortunately probably a lot of it due to my own fault but you know i guess uh, i can also say a lot of it due to maybe just the market itself you know toledo hasn't really always been uh, full of motivated individuals they like to kind of stick within their means and i'm always very motivated and and passionate um so i couldn't really give you an idea of the first hires because i did it all myself for a very 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 long time and then you know slowly you just start building your team Going back, mate, you know, 11, 12 years now, maybe it was someone to assist with property management, walking properties. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, later on, maybe we got someone to assist with acquisitions and sales, marketing person. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of went from there. But I've done the whole EOS, you know, read the book traction, started implementing that in the business. But something that we've done recently, mate, if you look at the world as it lies today, in my opinion, to protect 
the company's best interests and its investors' best interests. You have to look to technology. You have to look to automation. You have to look to AI. I know it's a mainstream word right now, but look, it's it's helped us a lot. Right now, we're focused on, focusing on systemization, optimization, monetization. We've got some great people on board. They're doing a great job, but we can do it better. We can be efficient. We can we can build for scale now. So anyone listening, mate, look at look at any way you can systemize and automate your business. And a saving grace for me was mate, a, a virtual assistance, mm. training mm. them to be to to train on our processes, record all of our processes, and then also have backups in place if one of them decides to take another job. This was the saving grace for my business: virtual assistance. Yep. Um, do you have any good AI tools, AI um, resources that you can suggest people uh, to use for their? Look, yeah, look. So this is more advanced, but for example, property management. Um, digital automated lockboxes like a Rently or Tenant Turner, um, uh, uh, property management, uh, property maintenance coordination software like a Property Meld. Um, uh, what else can I tell you? You know, yeah, you can you can tap into the Chat GPT again, mainstream keyword just to just to spit out some information and data. I don't really use it that much, but I, I do from time to time. I believe in it. Um, what else from a property management related standpoint? No, those are uh, those are good recommendations. So yeah. we'll stick with that. Yeah, there you go. All right, next question. Uh, oh man, I always lose my my spot around this time. There we go. Next question is about finding deals. It all starts with getting in contact with the seller. Um, so, what is your favorite way to generate leads and find new deals? Look under every rock possible, mate. Um, leave no stone unturned. Uh, look, uh, bandit signs. Direct mail, Craigslist. Bandit signs. I so Bandit I got started with Bandit signs, and I literally I put them all over the yeah. Seattle area, and I got zero calls from Bandit signs. I feel like that's a very like location specific uh, marketing channel. It is, Gabe. You know what I always say: the wider you cast your net, eventually going to catch some fish. And then when you figure out what type of fish you're catching, then you know exactly what bait works for that kind of fish. Yeah. But to figure out that first, you need to you need to catch as many as possible. So I mean, we do it all. Yeah. Look, we're a little bit more advanced right now. Like we're the biggest single family home buyer in town. Everyone knows we close with cash. We close quickly. We're not a wholesaler. We flip. So I don't put you on the contract for 30 days. So it's a different world for us now. Wholesalers send us deals on a daily basis. Um, disposition managers, nationwide disposition managers come to us wanting us to acquire their property. Foreclosures have dried up. So we're not buying many of those anymore. Mate, believe it or not, I've been doing this for the last 10 years. And it's crazy, and I can't believe people, a lot of people don't even know this, and they don't do it. Craigslist, to oh, this yeah. day, to this day, mate, we are still buying bloody deals on Craigslist. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I yeah. remember uh, when I first, um, I you know, when it, back in when did I do my first flip? It was like 2014, I think, is when I did my first flip. And the guy that I learned from, um, he was adamant that fa- uh, that Craigslist was the best, uh, most l- little used marketing channel that you could get out there because Agreed. nobody used it, nobody thought about it, but uh, he said there's still de- deals out there. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Agreed. Even to this day, mate, we're still buying deals on Craigslist. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Second to last question. This is about lessons learned. You have uh, over a thousand opportunities to have really good lessons um, and the biggest lessons always come in those deals that go a little bit sideways. So what was a deal that uh, that went differently than you expected? And then what was the lesson you pulled from it? Well, mate, I, I, you know, as, as much as I say, I stopped counting at a thousand deals that um, we flipped. I also stopped counting at $2 million in losses that we incurred 
<laughs> um, and, you know, I think I feel that I've figured out a lot of things in this business, but one thing that I've never figured out is contractors. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so we've we've had, I'll give you an example. They take a draw, they buy a boat. They take a draw, they buy a new car. They take a draw, they buy drugs. They take a draw, they take their wife on a holiday. They take a draw, they use it on another house. It's just mind-boggling to me. So that is where I would say people need to be the most cautious. If you're going to get into flipping a lot of properties like we do, once you find your few gems, keep them very busy yeah. um, so they work for you. But also make sure that you check. Um, uh, trust but verify. I got caught with my pants down quite a few times there where we had people working for us for a couple of years and I just started giving them money without confirming the work and we got screwed. Um, that would be important. And another thing too, mate, you don't make money when you sell a house, you make money when you buy a house. So as long as you negotiate hard and you buy it cheap, that cheap price can, can subsidize any incurred mistakes that you make throughout the rehab process. And I can tell you right now, you will never, ever come on budget. Never, period. You will always go over budget. So account for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, trust but verify. I feel like that's really good advice. And you're, you're right. I've never, it, it's so hard to find good contractors, like people that you can really trust to get do a good job. Um, yep. You don't have to like look over their shoulder. They just don't exist. And so it's really difficult, but trust but verify. I feel like that's a really good lesson uh, to pull out of that. All right. Last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. Um, this is a two-parter. Where can they find you? And then what can they expect when they reach out? Yeah, mate. So look, Google Angelo Remora um, or just ohiocashflow.com, ozrealty.house. Happy to help um, in any way if they're looking at investing or at least you know point them in the right direction. Perfect. There you go. I'll put those links in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Angelo, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down that full description and in there you can find his links. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Beautiful, mate. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions, reach out to me, Gabe, the real estate investing club.com. Um, if you want to support the show, just give us a like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.